Aloha, everyone. I'm your host, Christina Laney Mitri, and welcome to Smart Living Hawaii's podcast, where we discuss smart homes and technology, sustainability, healthy lifestyles, and smart business. Today, we'll continue our Sustainable Leader series and have a talk story with Ben Pilot. He is the Chief Operating Officer at H&L Tool Library, and this nonprofit provides tools to lend out to the community, and it has so much more, which we'll definitely dive into. Uh, we will also touch on a little bit on the construction industry and how it contributes to waste in our landfills, water and air pollution, and climate change. This nonprofit not only provides as much needed service that we all do need, but it also is a part of the solution to a more sustainable Hawaii, which is why I brought them on today. So aloha, Ben. Aloha, Christina. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining me. And it was a pleasure meeting you the other week and checking out your spot. Um, I did want to jump in on a little quick bio on Ben and the story of, of um, the nonprofit as well. So Ben, he joined HL Tool Library in early 2020, which was in the middle of COVID, as we all know, and enjoys working on projects where art and technology meet together. Before joining the library, Ben worked primarily as an educator and theatrical lighting designer with experiences that range from head of production and design at Pepperdine University to lighting director at Los Angeles Ballet. Uh, ben in brings a diverse set of skills to his current role as COO and is proud to serve the mission of pooling our resource wealth, providing a platform for education and helping to build a more sustainable Hawaii. So a big shout out to Ilya Bruno as well. He's the founder of HNL Tool Library and he did find um, found the library in 2015 while earning a degree in sustainability at the University of Hawaii with, um, I wanna say Matt Lynch was there at the time. And anyways, uh, he's another person I know well from University of Hawaii on the sustainable department. Uh, we would have been, he would have been here today, but spotty reception, uh, I guess on the big island keeps it a little difficult to actually do Zoom recordings. So anyhow, thank you so much. Let's dive right in. So background, Ben. Maybe you can share a little bit about your background and how you ended up here. Sure, yeah. I started as a theater kid in the Midwestern US. I was born in Indiana, grew up in Ohio, and then traveled all around to college in Kansas, um, went on to some more school in Boston and lived in New York and Los Angeles. And I made my way to Hawaii years ago to light musicals for Chaminade University. So every spring they would do a musical and I would come out and, and would do the lighting for musicals like Oliver and the Music Man, um, the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. So it's theatrical lighting that got me started in my career and also got me acquainted with, with Hawaii. And then my wife and I moved here in 2017 and, and have made it our home. And when I was looking for, for local places to volunteer, I stumbled on the tool library and I could not be happier that I did. Awesome. So do you still do things within the theatrical world? And I'm assuming you use a lot of the tools that <laughs> 
I do. I do still occasionally. I, I don't do many shows anymore, but I'll do I'll do some with old friends or, or old clients that are that are doing shows. Um, I yeah, I definitely got acquainted with a whole variety of tools working in theater because there's always something different, something unique that we're trying to do or some problem that we're trying to solve because every show has its own unique set of challenges and we might need to, we, you know, one show we might need to build a, a giant talking puppet. In another show, I'm installing LED lights inside the set to light up water. Um, there's all kinds of fun challenges to solve. And so that was my, my, my introduction to the world, the, the wide, wide world of tools. Awesome. Well, uh, I guess besides theater, theater, is there a hobby of yours that you really like um, or something that you do on your free time? I always like to yeah. share. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I have extra time, you, you'll probably find me in the kitchen, which is my other workspace. Um, I, and I just recently took up gardening. So you might also find me in Diamond Head Community Garden, where after years of being on the wait list, I, I finally have a plot. So I'm, I'm very much a beginning gardener, but that's, that's a new category of tools in the library that I'm getting acquainted with. So we've got tomatoes and kale and basil all growing pretty well so far, but we're, we're hoping to expand that, that garden plot a little bit too. Well, I might have to invite you over to our Eco Rotary Club that's doing a whole bunch of gardening projects as well you might be interested in. You can learn a lot. We have a lot of um, permaculture uh, people as well and farmers and everything like that. So maybe you might want to, to, to introduce, I could introduce you to them. Yeah, All right. So let's move in to why we're here, the H&L Tool Library. And maybe you can break this down just a little bit for our listeners and even our viewers, I guess, if you happen to be watching this on YouTube. So let just just start right there where where you're at, what you're doing. How is it? Um, how does it work? Yeah, the tool library is very much like a traditional library, except instead of books, we have tools. So we have at the moment an inventory of 1400 tools that are all available to be checked out, take them home, use them for a week, bring them back when you're done. And there's a, a, a sad fact that the average power drill is only used for 14 minutes in its whole lifespan. And more than half of households in America own a power drill. So imagine the kind of resources that we could unlock if instead of everyone having their own drill that is mostly unused most of the time, we could share more. And that, and that was how the tool library was born. So there are um, dozens and dozens around the world, um, many in US cities, many all over the planet, um, all unaffiliated, but we, we, we're, we're all friends. We talk quite a bit online. And so if you need to borrow tools, you come into the tool library, you can either show up and, and just browse our aisles and grab what you need, or you can go online and search for tools, submit a reservation, and then our, our volunteers, we, we call our volunteers our tooligans, they, they will prep your reservations and get it set aside so that you can just grab it and go. Awesome. I find this very helpful in 
the urban core, which is where you're located in Kaka'ako area, there's a lot of high rises, a lot of people that live in very small spaces and uh, do not have a nice huge garage with ample space for uh, storing all of this stuff. So it is kind of nice to be able to just check them out and then return them when you don't need them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The storage is a huge problem that we solve. So is the maintenance of having tools. You don't really need to take care of it. You, you use it to keep it in good condition, return it as clean as you found it. But we do all of that ongoing maintenance and lubrication and checks. Um, that's a lot of the work that our volunteers do. So it, it, is, it is really great to not have to store the tools. You're absolutely right. So where do you get your tools from? In the earliest days of the tool library, the tools were almost exclusively donated. And that was how the inventory got started. As we've grown and we've added more members, um, we've been able to purchase some tools. So we'll fill in the gaps. Maybe there's an area of our inventory where we could, we could use a few more tools. It seems like we can never have enough orbital sanders um, or, or never have enough miter saws. But We'll go out, we'll, we'll purchase a few of those tools as needed. Um, but for the most part, our, our inventory has been donated to us and, and almost all of the maintenance labor is donated by our volunteers as well. So how many members do you currently have now with your, with your since, library? Since the beginning of the year, we have loaned 7,300 tools to 370 different members. Awesome. And then maybe you can give, um, I guess, currently what the rates are for a member to join. Yeah. 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 We, we have some, uh, low membership dues that helps to fund the tool purchases and our rent and electricity and all of that. So you can join the tool library for $35 for a month or $180 for the entire year. And at, at that rate, uh, the $180 for a year breaks down to a little bit less than 50 cents a day. And if you've, if you've seen the, the cost of tools lately, or if you've checked out rental prices at any of the for-profit rental corporations, um, $35 will barely get you a tool for four hours or 24 hours. So it really unlocks a whole world of, of tools at your disposal that you may not have, have considered using before. Um, so those are, those are the membership dues. And at once you're a member, it is completely free to borrow tools. Check out as much as you need, keep it for a week at a time, and you can renew tools for an additional week as long as nobody has reserved those tools. Awesome. And so I'm not familiar with this concept of it being an actual like for-profit thing. So are there actually competing companies here on Oahu that do this as well? But then they charge. It's like a for-profit business. Yeah. Yeah, there are there there are a few companies, and and they do important work because they they serve categories of tools, some larger categories that we that we don't have. Um, but there are the, the big box stores like Home Depot and Lowe's. They have tool rental divisions. Um, we often send some of our members, if we don't have a tool, we'll send them to Hawaiian Rental. They'll have larger things like powered augers and taller ladders and scaffolding. Um, we operate out of a, a fairly small footprint, so we have to be super efficient with our space. And so some of that, that larger stuff um, 
we don't have. We, we gear most of our inventory to the, the DIY set, home improvement, um, repairs, smaller construction projects. Um, so if you need to build a, a, a garden bed, some planters, if you need to hang pictures in your concrete walls, um, everything in our inventory is designed to be picked up by one person and fit into the back of a, of a trunk or into a back seat. Awesome. So where are you located so everybody has a good idea? And I know that the word is out. You guys are moving a different to a different location, but in the same building. <laughs> yes. Yeah, our address has been and will continue to be 200 Keawe Street. And we're located inside Reuse Hawaii. If you come to visit us uh, in the next two weeks, you'll see us hidden in the back. We're a, we're a well-kept secret, but we are at the, we're in the process of finalizing our move up to a bigger location right at the front of the store. So as soon as you arrive at Reuse Hawaii, you'll see our big sign and you'll be able to walk into an all new tool library. Awesome. So for those of you who don't know Reuse Hawaii, um, could you give a little snippet about who they are, what they are all about, um, and how you guys maybe form together in a sense, or that you use their space? Yeah, it, pairing a tool library with Reuse Hawaii just it couldn't be more perfect in terms of the model or nonprofit. Reuse Hawaii offers deconstruction services as opposed to demolition. So if you need to tear down a house instead of of demolishing that and sending all of that waste to a landfill, you can choose to hire Reuse Hawaii to deconstruct the house piece by piece, and then you could donate those salvaged materials to Reuse Hawaii, and they would sell those at a discount at their redistribution center at 200 Keawe Street. Um, they, I, I don't know exactly how many thousands of tons it was last year, but they, they weigh all of their materials and every pound that is recycled through their redistribution center is a pound of waste that does not sit in a landfill. So pairing a tool library, which gives you everything you need to create a, a great new project, pairing that with the same space where you can get the reclaimed materials to do it, is, it's, a, it's a perfect pairing. So the more tools you have, the more materials you need and the more you can accomplish. Awesome. So maybe we can dive into some other things besides that you guys offer and services you guys offer besides just the tool library. I know that um, like some of the, the workshops and um, the volunteer program and everything that maybe you can share a little bit about that. Yeah, the lending library is just one part of what we do. It, it's an important part, but Equally important are the workshops that we offer. We, we had to po pause for a little while during COVID, but we're just getting those restarted now. So our workshops are, um, they're, they're open to the public. You don't need to be a member of the tool library, although tool library members do get a discount to those. There is a, a, a small cost associated with the workshops, anywhere between 30 and $60 for a two to three hour workshop, depending on the, the time and materials involved. But at the end of one of those workshops, um, if you're a beginner, you might, be a, you might learn how to turn pallet wood into your very own set of coasters. And to do that, you would learn how to use a miter saw, 
how to you how to mark and measure and set up a stop block so you can get really repeatable cuts. Um, how to use all these tools safely. You'd learn how to pick out the the best palette to use, how to sand it, how to finish it, and we also offer classes for um, more intermediate users, people who might have a little experience but want to learn how to use a new tool that they haven't used before, like a router. A router is a really versatile tool that not everybody uses on a regular basis, but if you need to cut grooves into something to make a box, or if you need to put a decorative edge on a table or a shelf, a router is a really versatile tool. It can do a whole lot of things. And with a, a two or three hour class with us, I think you'll go home having unlocked a whole new world of what you might be able to do or make. So those workshops are an important part of what we do. And we, as you mentioned, yes, we have a volunteer program. Um, at the moment, we have about 20 volunteers who spend about 2,000 hours a year with us. Um, helping to, to be librarians where they will check in and check out tools. Um, some of our volunteers are tool doctors where they'll change blades, they'll do some repairs and maintenance. We also have some volunteers that work on, on our social media, helping to maintain our digital inventory and our website. So a whole, a whole bunch of volunteers. And then this, this might be a good time to mention a few of the other things we do, like 3D printing and then laser cutting, which is how, how we got acquainted. Yes. So I am currently in my house, actually like a condo, and there's someone doing construction work next door. So I'm jumping in and out of putting myself on mute just because I'm sure that'll get picked up <laughs> if you haven't already heard it. Um, anyhow, uh, yes, I would really like you to share the two. Well, I don't know if both of them are new. I know the laser is new. Um, and I had stumbled on it because they do have a newsletter which um, goes out, I don't know if it's weekly or monthly, but it does share uh, their latest and greatest of everything that they're doing. And I saw that they have a laser that actually will etch on to certain things like wood or leather or um, glass even. I mean, it's really, it's a really cool thing and, and um, I was drawn to it because I wanted to be able to uh, put my logo on gifts that are more sustainable that I can give out to our clients and friends and stuff. So anyhow, maybe you can tell them a little bit more about the laser and then the 3D printer. That's kind of cool too. Yeah, those are two of our of our newest programs. The the laser as is laser is one of the few tools that you can't check out and take home with you. It's a, a large tabletop device. It's, it's delicate and doesn't travel well. But if you take our laser safety orientation class and you're a member, then you can come book an appointment and use the laser in the library. And the laser can do some, some really incredible things. It can cut through wood and, and paper and leather. It can cut through wood that's up to about one quarter of an inch thick. And it can also engrave images, logos, text, photographs. It can engrave wood and glass and even some metals. Um, it's, a really, it's a really versatile tool that you can, you can do a whole bunch of things with. So we, we had some fun with, with Halloween decorations. We made some pumpkins with it. 
Um, like you, we've had some members put their logos onto cutting boards, onto pieces of furniture that they're making. Um, we, we're loaning our laser to Reuse Hawaii. They're planning to make some Christmas ornaments for the holidays. Um, it is another one of those tools that, that really unlocks new possibilities. Once you, once you spend an hour learning to use it, you, you realize that there is a whole world of opportunities available to you. And that, that's one of the, the things that I enjoy most about the tool library is that it's really unlocking these, these skill sets. And I mean, my, my history as an educator, that's one of the things I enjoy the most is, is helping people acquire new skills and be able to do new things. So the other, the other tool that is new, as you mentioned, is our 3D printer. We have a, a few actually in the inventory now, we, we just upgraded. And the, the, these 3D printers are great because like, like most, they'll print with PLA filament, which is a, a, a natural organic filament composed mostly of cornstarch. So it comes in a roll, but we're not contributing plastic waste to landfills and to the ocean. It's, it's biodegradable, it's made with renewable resources. And you, you, you don't have to create your own objects from scratch. There's a, a great website called thingiverse.com and you can search for any kind of object that you might wanna make. If you need a, a, a specialty clip or a little bracket or you want um, a fun planter, or you can wanna make some toys there is a whole, a whole repository of objects online that you can download and then print for yourself. So we offer 3D printing classes. You can also submit your print jobs to us and we'll, we'll do them for a small fee. Um, it, it really does un, unlock some new, some new potential. You can, you can literally take, you can create something from nothing. I think the, the, the 3D printer and the laser are, are part of our push into um, more, more digital tools, STEAM education, being able to create not only, not only those like big, heavy, loud, dusty table saws and miter saws, but also things that are more on hobbyist level and, and a little more delicate and refined. Awesome. Um, I think you mentioned that you created something that actually helped a tool that is that right? I, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We can we can print replacement parts. So we had a we had a tool that needed it needed a three cent piece of plastic in order to work again, and we couldn't find it. It's out of stock. The manufacturer doesn't make it anymore. And so we we printed a a motor brush cover, and we installed it on the tool. And we took a tool that was broken. It to cost to purchase new that tool probably would have been 150 or 200 dollars, and we took an hour of our time and five cents in filament, and all of a sudden we had a working tool again. So that that is some of the power of 3D printing that you can really rapidly prototype things and do some repairs, and make your own parts if you can't get them. That's super cool. Um, so with that said, I wanted to dive into sustainability and tying everything that you guys do back into how it helps Hawaii be more sustainable. And I think it's a, 
easy thought process with what you guys are doing. But just to dive a little deeper, I did want to share uh, for those of you who are listening and may not know much on the construction industry and how it affects our um, our climate in general, um, I wanted to give you a few stats here. So I'm going to read these off. It might be alarming, and I'm so sorry. I know that I'm in the housing industry myself, so that's why I have a big passion to help and support any way that we can bring down these numbers. So just so you know, the extent of the construction industry on our environment, uh, these are some stats here. Um, let's see. More than a third of Oahu's waste comes from debris produced by demolition activity which um, I got from the Reuse website as well, which is a big reason why they are in this industry as well. So they can help reuse the things instead of it going to landfill or um, going to H power and burning, right? So that's, that's one. Um, another article that I saw, it is about five years old. So I would imagine that it's even worse at this point. But according to research by construction blog BIM, how the construction sector contributes to 23% of air pollution, 50% of the climatic change, 40% of drinking water pollution, and 50% of landfill waste. And that is a lot, just the construction um, sector alone. In separate research by the US Green Building Council, which is USGBC, the construction industry accounts for 40% of the worldwide energy usage with estimates that by 2030, emissions from commercial buildings will grow by 1.8%. So um, one more stat that I thought was interesting. The construction industry is a massive consumer of raw materials and natural resources, and it generates an estimated 39% of the world's carbon emissions according to the World Green B Building Council. And those numbers are so alarming. I mean, if we just, not to say that we can stop construction altogether today, but if we did, it would be eliminating like 40%. That's like huge. So the only way I see this um, working is for us to find ways to mitigate it. Um, and that's why I would like to share um, with what you guys do on how you do that. So um, with the Reuse Hawaii, um, I think a lot of the things that you do and partner with them is huge. Um, do you have any other um, things to share, I guess, on how your nonprofit contributes to sustainability? Yeah, um, in, addition, in addition to those, the tools themselves not ending up in landfills, we, since those tools are available, you, um, you there's, there's sometimes no need to purchase something new. If it, it, it may not be, it may not be on the scale of constructing a house, but if you are doing a renovation and you want some cabinet doors, and you you can pick those up from Reuse Hawaii. You can take a take a class with us and learn how to build your own kitchen island instead of doing kind of twofold damage of buying something that is brand new and at the same time throwing away your old one. So uh, we have uh, a couple of things around the tool library. One is that the, the more we share, the more we have and that we try and work with, we try and work with what we have as opposed to what we want or what we wish we had. 
So if we if we look at the tools and think of them as an ability to to um, upgrade or renovate or construct in a way that reduces the the consumption of raw materials, it also reduces the the waste on the back end. So it's kind of like doing double duty if you're if you're able to to reuse or repurpose something in that way. Um, and that's why the education component of what we do, I think, is so important because the the more we provide people with the ability to do some of this work themselves, the the closer you are to the, the to the waste that you're producing through your construction activities. It, when you when you hire people and they just haul it away and it disappears, it's it's convenient and it's easy, but nothing nothing just goes away. So by kind of getting getting hands on, if we can all be just a little more conscious of the impact that we're having, that can go a long way when you multiply that across our island, across our state, and across the world. For sure, and you know those are the things. There's a podcast I did early on with Aaron Ackerman, and he is in the process of still building his home, which is an ongoing thing when you have a living building challenge type of home. And I believe 75% of everything that he built um, for his house was repurposed product. So, I mean, it's a really cool home and it does have features that are still um, very modern. There's a lot of things that are still, you know, like, but it's really cool to see, um, you know, that cast iron or that, that, you know, certain things that are in there that, you know, have age to them or, you know, that his kitchen sink or the tiles that they use, um, the mosaics that they made from broken tiles. I mean, there's a lot of things like that, um, that make his home very unique but it still has that modern look and feel. So there's definitely a way that you can repurpose things from Reuse Hawaii and still accomplish um, having that, that really neat home that you're probably looking for anyhow. So it does take more time, <laughs> I have to admit for sure, um, but it's definitely a more unique product when you're done. Um, which I would love to sell for anybody out there trying to put together a really unique home. I would love to feature your home. <laughs> um, let's see. I don't know if we've covered everything, but is there anything else that you would like to share before we jump off? I, I think that's, I think that's about it. I just, I would, I would love for people to come uh, see the tool library, pay us a visit, see what's available, or, or hop onto our website. We are, we are ready to serve all of Oahu with the, with the tools that you need to accomplish some tasks. So um, when is your, the front of your, I guess the renovation of your new location going to be complete again? We are moving into that new space. We're building it now, and we'll start operating out of that new space on November 19th. All right. Well, I think this podcast will probably come out a little bit after that. So just stay tuned. And um, pretty much by the time this is out, you'll be able to see the new place. And when you hear this, then you'll be able to go and check out their new location. So I guess thanks. That's all I have for you guys today. Um, thank you so much, Ben, for jumping on and speaking to everybody here today. 
um, I wanted to remind everybody uh, how you could reach them and us as well. So maybe you can share your handles with Instagram and Facebook and along with your website. Yep, our, our website is hnltoollibrary.org or you can find us on Instagram at hnltoollibrary or on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash hnltl. Awesome. And to subscribe to us, you can go to our website, which is www.smartlivinghi.org. Or you could also follow us on Instagram, which is at smart underscore living underscore Hawaii. And like us on Facebook. Until next time, live smart. Mahalo. Mahalo.